All right, we're recording? Yes, sir. Welcome, everyone, to the Rank Rat Report podcast. We are recording Friday, Junior, the last episode before the Leafs' first preseason game, doubleheader on Saturday against Ottawa, 1 p.m. and 7 p.m., I believe. As always, joined by Josh and Jason. How's it going? We're buzzing. We're back. We're back, baby. We're fully back. Like, the preseason is right in front of our face. Oh, yeah. I, mean, I had to get... A good warm-up in with that prospects tournament. I mean, it was it was a bit of a grind, but it was good. It was good to be good to be back and good to be evaluating and clipping vids and doing all that fun stuff and uh, you know putting a scrutinous eye on a kid that is playing in a preseason the preseason to the preseason and yeah the the regular season won't look anything like that. Anyways, I don't know what the hell I'm saying, but let's get into it today. We're going to be talking about some of the prospect camp. Some of the Leafs' injuries that have crept up on them. Um, Nathan McKinnon just signed a monster deal. We're going to talk about how that relates to the Leafs because everything does. Kyle Dubas's contract and a little tidbit. Uh, Maybe we'll save that. We'll save that for what we're our last. A little well, I mean, fun it's pretty topic. big. A fun topic. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I don't, I don't think some people think it's fun. Could be fun. We'll see. We'll maybe some controver- maybe a controversial topic. That's a better way to put it. You could say some people are utterly disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. All right. Let's get into it. Prospect camp. So I wanted to I I watched all of, uh all of the games. I missed maybe half of the first period of the first game. Why, you might ask? Well, because the stream for the Leafs game was on the wrong game. It was showing the St. Louis game from the the, the morning before. So everyone missed Pavel Gogolev's goal there. And funny enough, the next he had a great opportunity in one game. He did a nice little give and go with Curtis Douglas. As he was about to get the puck back, the camera changed to the camera at the other end of the rink so you couldn't see his opportunity or what happened. He didn't score, but the cameras hate Pavel Gogolev apparently. So what I wanted to do with this sort of talking about the prospect camp, I kind of wanted to ask you guys what were you – was there any in parts you were interested to, any guys you were interested in learning a bit, like how they did? Absolutely. Anything of the sort? Jason, right. you have anyone? Uh, off the bat, Nicholas Robertson. I think that's the <laughs> the bell of the ball, as they would say. How did he do? How did he play? So, okay. Oh, we we missed one part. But with the prospect camp, what it was, like there was a development camp earlier in the summer. That happens right after the draft. So the Leafs invite all of their drafted players from the past – couple drafts um yeah they're they're younger players a few that have played in the ahl but mostly they're younger drafted players and as well as a a mess of uh uh, development camp invitees ones that they wanted they didn't draft but they wanted a better look at sort of thing uh i think one year they drafted they invited sean dersey after he was passed up in the draft and then the next year they picked him in the second round right so then the prospects tournament there's fewer uh, invitees, I will say. I think they invited Avery Hayes. Uh, Pano Femis, I believe is his name. He's a Niagara Ice Dogs forward. He had a pretty good year. Uh, it was his rookie year. It was his draft year, but rookie year in the OHL. He was an invitee as well. And then uh, I want to say there was one or two on defense as well. And then Marco Constantini, uh, the Bulldogs goaltender, was an invitee as well. So with this tournament... It's a lot of the AHL guys. It's a lot of the guys that have been in the AHL for a couple of years at least. Like Nick Robinson was there. 
He's been with the Marlies now for two years. Alex Steves was there. He's a 99 born. They kind of range between from like the youngest Fraser Minton. He was a 2004 born. He was just went in the second round for the Leafs. All the way to Marshall Rafai, I believe, was the oldest at 1998 born. So that kind of age range. But mainly between 2001, 2000 born kind of guys, right? So... To get to what you were saying, Nick Robertson, how did he look? Well, last year when I saw him at the Prospects Tournament, saw him a ton during the year, but when I saw him at the Prospects Tournament, I thought, you know, he looks way too good to be here. Physically, he just looks faster. He has a really good shot. I think he was trying to do a little bit too much. He was being a little bit too inefficient with the puck. I didn't see a point for him to be there. This year, I was kind of saying the same thing, but to be quite honest, Nick Robertson didn't look that good good to me and let's i'm gonna like to back up on that a little bit it's four it's three he played three games it's a four game tournament it's a preseason to the preseason i wouldn't put too much stock in this but i didn't think he played very well he looked good his physical tools are there good shot he can skate he can handle the puck he puts in a ton of effort on the ice he was back checking for checking everything but i mean he, the first goal of the tournament was because he turned it over at his own blue line. Or, sorry, the first goal that they gave up at the tournament, he was uh, at the other team's blue line. He tried to do a little bit too much, gave up the puck, went back the other way, breakaway, and Petrozelli made the first save, but on the rebound, uh, I think it was Logan Stankoven, guy you don't want to turn the puck over to, he ended up making him pay. He did score in that game, but... The thing is with Nick Robertson, it's not a physical thing. The physical tools are there. I believe they're NHL ready, if I'm going to be totally honest. He's fast, shot, everything that I mentioned. It's more so away from the puck. Like, he's not putting himself into very good scoring areas. He can pass the puck very well. He can shoot the puck very well. But there was one play in particular. Uh, Semyon Durogachinsev fed him a great pass that went through the scoring area. But he's fading away, and he gets the one-timer off, and it just hits the goalie right in the chest. Right? He's not putting himself into those high-danger areas. He's not really improving the position of the puck when he gets it. Like, he's getting it outside of the scoring area and then shooting it from outside of the scoring area. In the NHL, you're not going to be beating goaltenders like that on shots like that. You have to improve the position of the puck, or you have to get into those dirty areas and gritted out kind of thing. I know he's not the biggest guy, but he's not improving the position of the puck enough to really be contributing offensively. So I think that's something they're going to work with him on. If he doesn't make the team to start out of camp, I wouldn't be totally surprised. I know it's frustrating because we've seen great flashes. Like he had that, what, 98-point year in Peterborough, and then he came, he made the Leafs playoff roster. And then the next year, he was good enough to be played on the Leafs again. And last year, he played on the Leafs again. But there's still just that mental element that he needs to improve on. And he's only 21. He just turned 21 this month. So there's an element of patience we need with him. But in short, yeah, the prospects tournament was not. He didn't exceed my expectations at all in this one. That's interesting. I think you're right. I don't think, as I've said many times, that he is going to start the team the, like this year with the team. I think they have 15 contracts already. Mm-hmm. So you're probably right. Plus and a PTO. Sorry. Exactly. So it's unfortunate, but you just hope that he keeps developing and, yeah. you know, it's just changes that sort of like, it's it's small tweaks, really, when you think about it. We'll see in the preseason. That's something we can look at mm-hmm. in the preseason. 
So it's something to keep your eye on. Like, because is it a maybe he's a little rusty? Is it could be prospect term? Maybe a little bit of aloofness in terms of the mm-hmm. intensity in a prospect mm-hmm. term. So that he more maybe than thinks, a few guys trying to do way too much. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So we'll see what happens. I, I not to jump to the next guy, but I was wondering what our quasi first round pick Fraser Minton looked like because. As you may remember, the Leafs did have a first-round pick this year for the first time in since 2020. I guess that's only one draft, but yeah, it feels like they longer. didn't have one in 2019. That's yeah, why. it's been a while, and we traded into the first round mm-hmm. for 2020. Yeah, uh, they traded out of the first round, mm-hmm. 13 spots, and picked Fraser Minton. How did he look? Uh, he was invisible. Okay, for th- he played all four games. Played with some good players, too. Played with Nick Robertson. Played with some other good... I think... I want to say Alex Steves. I can't quite remember. But he played with some good players. And um, oh, he played with Pontus Holmberg, I think, as well. They tried him at center. They tried him on the wing. He was invisible for three games. Against Detroit, he looked a little bit better. I like how he was trying to get physically engaged in there. But like his two opportunities against Detroit, he got them into good scoring areas and put them straight into the goalie's chest. So I did like the physical element that he was throwing out there. He is young. He's a 2000, as I said, he was on the youngest end for this tournament. So that's where it's kind of hard to stand out, especially, again, it's preseason of the preseason. So the odds are stacked a bit against you, but he was pretty invisible other than a a few hits that he threw. Yeah, probably a long-term project player. So yes. So that's fine. Yeah, he, uh, not much to say there other than like he didn't, he didn't really do much. <laughs> yeah, we'll follow his. We'll follow the rest of his season. And exactly. See how he goes. Exactly. Any yeah. other guys you had? Anyone? In, no, not really. Me in particular. Was there anyone really? who caught your eye? Who? What about uh, what about Nicky Abrazizi? Was he there? He yeah. was there. Okay. He was there. Let's he looked it. good. He's obviously on the older end. Got to throw that out there. That makes a big difference. Right. You're older. I mean, he's only five nine, but you're more physically mature. You're more mature as a player. Your game's more mature. I think his skating looked a little bit better. I mean, got to think he was last year was his first. He had hip surgery during the COVID season. So he sat out a full year and he had hip surgery, which is kind of tough for you. But he's young, so you can kind of bounce back from that. I thought he looked good. I thought I really, really like how smart he is with and away from the puck. Like there was one play he had the puck. He was coming into the neutral zone. There wasn't really a play there. He circles back, does a like a half ice give and go with Pontus Holmberg and it comes down the other way for a rush chance. He had a couple other chances. He had a couple nice goal. Uh, he had a nice goal in there falling down, puts a top shelf on the goalie in this really, really nice play on a, a primary assist. I think to Semyon Duragachinsev where he, he gets the puck. He cuts into the scoring area, makes a couple moves, makes a couple guys miss, feeds it across and, and it ended up in the back of the net. So I think, Abruzzese, I don't know why I don't have notes on him, but this is just off the top of the dome, so let's keep uh, let's keep vibing with this. <laughs> Abruzzese looked good, again, on the older end, so that's something you do have to, to keep an eye on. I, I, I did get a, a DM from Stu Mills, our, our loyal listener, saying, like, you know, like, how much more, like, what really else can we expect? Like, we've seen what we can see from him. It's like, okay, that's, that is true, but he is on that late bloomer kind of curve, so... And this is going to be his first full pro season. So I, I like the smarts. I liked what I, I, I like the skill from him as well. I thought he looked good out there. I'm really excited to see what he can do with the Marlies this season. So, yeah, I think when you look at him, it's like his development 
this year, like you got to start him from like scratch. Mm-hmm. Even though he played nine games in the NHL, that was a horrendous decision for for him for the Leafs for everyone. For well, everyone. that's in the past. So this is let's check the boxes on the way to him becoming possibly yeah. a NHL player. So number one would be the pro- the prospects tournament. There it is. Okay. Let's see how pre-season. he fares in preseason. Hell yeah! And from there, it doesn't even matter if he blows away. Start him in the AHL. Mm-hmm. Let him get nightly minutes, and then we'll see. Maybe around January. Probably like, close what's the to the need like four C is up for grabs. No, you they could don't say need the way they, that you construct gonna, the roster, but like why? So and let's see how he plays in the AHL. We'll know probably by January in his AHL numbers if this guy's a serious mm-hmm. gonna be a serious NHL prospect. So. Exactly, exactly. Um who are some guys that other other guys that you had on there? I think those are the most interesting guys. What okay. What about uh I assume Alex I Steves s- played well, knowing what I know about Alex Steves. Yes, yeah. I was. So that's a guy I had uh, circled there. So in terms of the first game, he was a little bit quiet. I think he hit the post once. He's a guy that I always, I just knew he has a fantastic shot. I think he had 23 goals, which tied Josh Levo's rookie record for the Marlies. And then Bobby McMahon obviously beat it with 24 that same season too, amazingly. But a lot of goals off the, the catch-and-shoot, really hard, nice release as well. So I wasn't quite looking for that. He hit the post twice. He only had one goal. The one goal came off of a, a nice, like, cycled the puck incredibly well down low. The puck comes to the point. He sneaks out in front of the net and is able to get a nice tip on it. On top of that, he was he was a playmaker as well on there. Made a couple guys miss. Had a couple nice passes here and there. I liked what I saw from from Alex Steves. I think if he continues to work on that feistiness and he continues to work on, you know, getting him the ability to get himself the puck. I mean, just having that that skill of his shot and his finishing ability could be a really nice asset to himself being promoted to the big club as well as like for the Leafs in general, right? Yeah, I think he's a guy we should have circled because there's a lot more opportunity for the Leafs this year. It's not just the fourth line yeah. role. They, they they have probably two holes in their top nine forwards right now. If you mm-hmm. count Nick Especially Robertson, you can add a guy that can score some goals to your bottom six. Like, yeah. Yes, so please. I, I have him circled as, as a mm-hmm. very interesting, you know, guy to watch in the preseason. Yeah. Yeah. So he was, he was a pleasant surprise. I liked the way he played again. He did have a, just like Nick Robertson though. He did have a turnover at the other team's blue line led to the other team coming back the other way on a breakaway. And then, Believe uh, someone hauled him down. It was a penalty shot. The guy scored a nice goal on that one. So try that, but he didn't do that too often. I think that was that was more so just a one off. But yeah, you have any other uh, last one? Your guy, guy. Go- or not last one, but last one for me? Your guy Gogolev. Wouldn't say that's my guy. Um, I got to start off. The way he played against Detroit was so bad. He was horror. He was horrific. He mm. went out there. And it just seemed like, uh, yeah, it's the Pavel Gogolev show. I'm going to try to flip the puck deke over everyone at the other team's blue line. Guess what? He gave it away at least two or three times at the other team's blue line. Just went the other. Detroit was moving the puck nicely, too. Moved the puck down the ice the other way for a chance. I think one of them resulted in a goal, too. Against Detroit, he did not generate anything, and he was just a complete liability out there. But the first three games, he played pretty nicely, showed a little bit of skill. I don't love the quickness. I did like he was move he was passing the puck pretty nicely, but it was a lot of it wasn't like quick plays. It was a lot of I'm six five, I'm just gonna muscle I'm gonna carry the puck, I'm gonna use my body to shield it, which is good, but you're playing against young guys. So it's like 
sure, you, you came in on a 5'11 defenseman, threw your shoulder into his face, knocked him down, and was able to make a nice pass from that. Like, all right, but you weren't moving very fast. And, like, how much time and space are you going to get at the pros doing that, right? So, like, I liked what I saw from him last prospect tournament, and then he ended up in the ECHL because he wasn't, he wasn't scoring. So I think he's really just got to work on moving the puck quicker, not being, like, this lug that just gets the puck, uses his body to shield it, and then until something's wide open, passing it, right? He wasn't thinking the game too, too quickly out there. And I, d- I saw the shot come out maybe once, which is kind of crazy because he's a, a shooter. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, very up and down. But he did generate a good amount of offense, which is encouraging, right? So we'll see what he can do. I think he might be at least camp two. He's on a an ELC. Um, a nice little... Uh, uh, he's signed to the Marlies, but he was a, uh, I think he's only like 5'8 or 5'9. Max Ellis, he was very noticeable, can skate really, really well, good on the four check too. So I think that's going to be an asset for himself to be able to play in a depth position, especially with the Marlies, because it's logjam there. I mean, you have to you have to be able to play those depth roles, right? So that he was, he was a nice little surprise. I think his offense is a little bit limited. He's not the most skilled, doesn't have the greatest shot, but... Just that speed and forechecking ability, I think, will will really help him. Um, so these were the two guys that I, I wanted to point out. Ty Voigt, very slippery, very skilled player. Didn't play on a very good Sarnia team this year and put up a great amount of points. Like That's something you really have to note. He's a very good passer, but also he, like, he knows that you have to get the puck into the scoring area. He had a nice goal. I think it was off a turnover. Someone turned it over, and he was able to get into the a high danger area, let a shot go and went in. He generates a ton of offense though off the pass. I think his passing ability is very good. He's a good skater. He's very skilled as well. So he's small. He's five nine. I, if you were to honestly, his honest weight is probably closer to one sixty. So very very small. But he looked very very good. And then one guy I think that's closer than people are because I don't know. He didn't play with. In, he hasn't played much in North America. Pontus Holmberg. Mm. very smart, good along the boards, another very good playmaker as well, but does like to get to the net. Uh, I really like the way that he played, and I think that sort of responsibility at both ends as well as his ability along the boards uh, to be able to create offense off of that, I think that was a, it was a pleasant surprise. He was very, very, very good, I thought. So there's some other guys that I can talk about. Uh, in terms of defense, Villeneuve looked good. He improved his defensive game from there. He's an offensive defenseman. Philip Crawley caught my eye more than a few times. He moves well for a 6'2", 6'3", guy. In net, there was no Leafs signed goaltenders. Petrozilli and Cavalin are both signed to the Marlies. Um, I thought Petrozilli improved a lot from last year, which is encouraging for a 6'5", goaltender that's fairly athletic. He was moving very well. Like His movements looked much, much better than they were last year, which is in- very, very encouraging. But the Marley's goaltending is kind of log-jammed. It's going to be Joseph Wool, Eric Schalgren to start. So hopefully he can he can earn some more games this year than the five he got last year. But, uh, yeah, any other closing guys you had? That was a fantastic breakdown. Thank you. Oh, Curtis Douglas, he is big. He's 6'8". I like Curtis Douglas. He's a good face puncher. He was getting into it. I think they told him, don't murder anyone. But uh, by the last game, it looked like he was kind of tired of that. (laughs) 
but uh big kurt doug dude he's like a unicorn player so he's always he's interesting like his height yes yeah. that size is that would he be tallest player in the league if he got promoted today i think so six Believe eight so. six nine yeah so detroit had a guy elmer soderblom who's that height but skates m- much better than him oh so he was he was pretty good elmer soderblom keep an eye on that name out for that name right so I think I covered yeah, really I everyone so too. Yeah. that I wanted to. Uh, I thought Cavalin did, you know, play well. It's just kind of got shelled out there. He was okay. He'll be he'll be with the Growlers though to start for sure. Um, but yeah, I, it, it was uh it was nice to to finally get back to watching hockey. I'll tell oh, you yeah. that for free. So to transition now, uh, my computer's not cooperating. To transition now, camp injuries and so, what are Jason? What are the injuries that the Leafs have? Yeah, so that we we got news today on Tuesday that uh, there were a couple injuries that the Leafs Leafs uh, guys who we had locked into the Leafs roster. A couple injuries for them. Um, first one being Pierre Engvall, and the second one being Timothy Lilligren. Uh I would tell you what the injuries were, but from the Leafs side of things they've been very hush hush with the injuries um most of this stuff has come out uh i think one of this one of these injuries angvals leaked the day before on uh dfo rundown not that it leaked but saravelli yeah. reported that angvals probably hurt and we'll find out more once they do evaluations for camp medicals all that stuff and so i has it officially been announced by the Leafs yet no correct this is all just reporting from Cerevelli and I believe Chris Johnson that Angval and Lilligren are hurt. So, um, yeah, that kind of opens up two roster spots that we didn't really have before. Um, but who knows? What do you what What do you guys think? What What's strange that it just like opinions on this injury? I guess if these are guys that are not like often injured mm-hmm. or like they didn't have like a big nagging injury coming into camp, and then now all of a sudden it's like, oh yeah. They're not going to the be way. available because yeah. they're injured. So kind of a little bit strange, the timing and as well as the way that they both came out. So I hope I, I hope they're both minor. Yeah. Uh, I don't I don't know. Like it gives them some ca- a little little bit of cap flexibility going into camp in terms of the first game of the season. But honestly, I I would hope to see both of them playing the first game of the season. I think it, the least bet roster is better with them than without, right? Absolutely, absolutely. And I think if they miss the first couple of games, I don't think it'll be too detrimental. No, but two like, depth players. F- of course, yeah. It's always better to have them in than to have them out compared to, of like, course. considering the players who come in up and replace them. Um, but some people I saw were getting excited that maybe this might lead to an acquisition or s- players getting signed, something along those lines. But just a quick little cap friendly like you put you put timothy Lilligren and pierre Engvall on on waivers basically or sorry on waivers on ltir excuse me um basically all that does is just kind of open up a spot to carry an extra an extra winger and defenseman i think <laughs> i think that can't wow. be right though now that i'm looking at it but wow so we get to carry well, kyle clifford well and, it's uh, jordy it's 3.6 million dollars of cap that you're left currently 1.5 okay. over okay so. yeah that's why so yeah, it's not a lot. if you um, you could probably fit a Sandine in there and then a 750k forward, but then you'd still have to be 12 and six, I think. Right. Yeah. 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 So before I get into my point related to that, 
Um, there was some news you said from Chris Johnson in regards to Rasmus Sandin. Yes. Yeah, let's get into that. So all this stuff kind of meshes together yes. in a very weird way. Yeah. So uh, per Chris Johnson, the Leafs offered $1.4 million by two years to Sandin, identical to Timothy Lilgren. But Sandin's camp countered with $2.3 million over three years, like Jake Bean in Columbus there. The Leafs have also offered his qualifying offer of $874,125 for one year, but Sandin's camp count has countered with $1.4 million over one year. Uh, Chris Johnson said the Leafs and Sandin's camp are believed to be only a couple hundred thousand dollars apart, but the Leafs don't feel like they are rushed to have six NHL defensemen ready for camp. With that note, he mentioned that it's believed a couple players on the Leafs roster are injured and won't be ready for camp or game one of the season. So the Leafs will likely start the season in LTIR. We will learn which players are injured later this week after medicals when training camp starts. So it seems like it's closer than I expected in terms of Sandine. I thought they were this was going to carry on until like November. It seems like we're pretty close, I would say, right? Yeah, it seems that way. I had another thing that I kind of wanted to bring up, but I'll, I'll, I want to hear Jason's thoughts on the Sandine contract because you had mentioned something about Jake Bean's contract. and Well, no, I was just saying, like, I, I would even, like, I would take that for, for Rasmus Sandin. Like, I, I would take the, the gamble on him to secure the third deal, the third year. I'm, I'm okay with paying a little bit more. Maybe I'm uh, too optimistic about him, but um, I really think he's a good player, and I don't think too... Two and a two point three over three years is that that much more? Well, I mean, Jake Bean just signed two point three for three. Yeah. Like, it's has Sandin quite earned that number? I don't know. I don't quite think so. I mean, Jake Bean was playing twenty minutes a game this year for Columbus, twenty five points in sixty five seven games. Uh, yeah, it's most but, of it even strength. Yeah, to, to just to defend Sandin, though, obviously that the team he's playing for is a lot better, so it's going to be a lot harder to earn those minutes over like yeah. cemented veterans, over TJ Brody, Morgan Riley, over Jake Muzzin, bringing in Mark Giordano late. It's hard to get playing time over those guys, so I, I understand that point. Um, but Sandin's put up like a respective point total without having much help on the power play whatsoever and putting up low minutes. So if we're talking about a pure points basis, I, I think like he's not that far off than these other guys. But then again, if you're considering other contracts, like look at Sean Dursey, look at, there was another uh, player who signed the other day. I forget, I forget who it was. Sean Dursey, Brandstrom. Brandstrom. Also Adam Bokfus is weird. It just seems like it was more than all of these. (laughs) Yeah. There's, uh, but then again, they had cap to spend. That's true. That's true. But also he scored 11 goals. Like uh, whether you think that's lucky or not, like that on a 50 out of 52 games, that's like, it's a a huge value add for a team for to have a defenseman score eleven goals. And Absolutely. he has a big. It's not like oh, he scored eleven goals. Whatever. Like he has a good shot. Yeah. Oh yeah. So like that's he scored that's a twenty big part goals in London in one year. So <laughs> not bad, huh? Morgan Riley scored twenty goals one year in the NHL. In the NHL, hell yeah. And also, I think like the trajectory that Bulkvist is on, like that third year, he'll actually probably be like a five million dollar player. Yeah. He might be it this year. Hopefully. Like I'm less confident that Sandy and this year could be a $5 million player than Adam Bokefist, personally. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. I mean, I could see it. I, I, I do think that 
Sandim was on a very, very nice trajectory. I hope he had a good, like, was able to get a full summer of training in as yeah. well to, to help aid in that development. But, like, in terms of what the trajectory of what Sandim was on, I think, like, he was really, really coming up before that last injury. And, like, I yeah. think there would be a different tune that we'd be talking about him in if that injury hadn't occurred. Absolutely. And again, looking back at his development, I feel like we've talked about this a lot. Like it hurts him. It hurts him a lot that not only has he faced a couple injuries while he's, since he's been drafted by the Leafs, he also spent almost an entire year not playing hockey. So, and that was through a myriad of things. I think it was like 365 days. Like legitimately a year. Yeah. 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 Uh, And that definitely stunts your development, no matter who you are. If you're not on the ice, you can't get better. Simple as that. Right. So it's true. So the thing I wanted to bring up relating to this is there was a very under-the-radar trade that happened in the NHL yesterday. Yes. Niels Lundqvist, former oh, Dallas yeah. Stars first or former New York Rangers first-round pick. I believe he was picked one spot after Rasmus Sandin or two spots after Rasmus Sandin? Uh, two spots. One spot, one spot before. One spot before Rasmus Sandin. Okay. Yep. He was traded to the Dallas Stars. Now, he's a right-shot defenseman. Sandin's a left-shot defenseman. I would say they have a very similar profile in terms of an undersized, mm-hmm. good skating, offensively inclined defenseman. Okay, let's just put a generalization on there. What, do you guys know the return that Niels Lundqvist got? Conditional first, conditional fourth. Yeah, and twenty twenty five, twenty twenty three first. Yeah. Oh, that's only top ten protected. It's only top ten protected, and if, so that's the condition. And that's the condition, and if it's not, it becomes an unprotected twenty twenty four first. Mm-hmm. And a 2025 fourth round pick, if he has 55 points the next year, it becomes a third. But let's just say a first and a fourth for Niels Lundqvist. If we get offered that for Rasmus Sandin, I'm jumping on that trade in two seconds. I don't know about you guys. I am jumping on that trade in two seconds. So similar team to Dallas. So like a fringe playoff team, I would say. I don't know who would. Like, I, I wish the Leafs jumped. Uh, looking at this trade, this is a really good trade for the Rangers. Especially considering Niels Lundqvist has already made, had already made it public that he was holding out of training camp. And they were able to get a first and a fourth. And he wouldn't have been in their top he six. He would not. Have, I don't even know if he's going to be in Dallas's top six. Oh, wow. Yeah. He might be. I, I assume the, the capital they gave up so for he's him. Still, he has two more years left on his entry-level deal, which is good that they have for some sure. flexibility for sure. there. But he's uh, also not played. He might just suck. Like Rasmus Sandin has shown... To be a promising young NHL. Rasmus Sandin has shown more in the NHL than Nils Lundqvist. Much more, much more. Close. In terms of pro hockey, like he ha- he did have 31 points in 45 SHL games, had a killer World Juniors, and then 32 points in 52 SHL games, good World Championships. But in the AHL last year, I mean, 15 points in 34 games, four points in 25 NHL games. I mean. You're I, right. And now I, I think that's incredible value for the Stars. I think he's going to play for Dallas because they gave a first-round pick for him. But I'm just saying they, like, there's other guys on that team. A 2023 first-round pick. Which people are trying not to get rid of. Yeah. I, don't, I think they're the only – Is correct me if I'm wrong. Are they the only team that has traded outside of like Florida? Florida has traded. Uh, that has given up their – or did the Lightning? Calgary Tech the Lightning. gave theirs to – didn't Calgary trade theirs? They tra- traded their 2025, I swear. Oh, it was 2025? Okay. Something like that for yeah, it was twenty twenty five. Yeah, for uh, Sean Monahan. Yeah, to get rid then, of Sean. Monahan. Uh, yeah, I think you're right. That's so right. Florida. Oh, they traded. No, no. Uh, oh no, Florida traded Cole Schwinn. So it to the okay. Yeah, yeah, sorry. Colorado traded their uh, pick that was two years ago to get Darcy Kemper. Uh, oh. 
New York Rangers, obviously, in this trade right here for Nils Lundqvist. Uh, Dallas. Dallas, sorry. Dallas. Dallas, Dallas traded York, away their yeah. pick. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, Florida traded away their pick. And the Lightning traded away their pick. So four teams. That was a little dump during Monday Night Football, wasn't it? It was, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's, that's probably that's why. <laughs> but, yeah, I don't know. For me, I look at that. If the Leafs could get that for Rasmus Sandin, I would take that 100%. I'd want more, but I can see where you're coming from in that sense. I understand. Yeah, I understand what you're saying. It's How much like, more would you want from him? I just want to know. I think like, he's going to be a great player. That's the I thing. think so, too. I, I, well, like great players get first-round picks. I know. You're, you're right. Right. But, so, but he I, could also be not a great, great player. You're right. I think the contract flexibility, like him being on an ELC, also increases. For sure. That I agree. For sure. But you could, I, it seems like you could also sign Sandine to like a relatively cheap bridge deal that shouldn't hurt yeah. you at all. Which would, would be 1.4 for one. Or yeah. you and can then still sign, have like control two, for 2.4 for three. Which yeah. Is, which is also yeah. a good deal, especially yeah. if you're a team that you're considering yourself as a fringe team. You have cap space. Like that's something. Yeah. That's a bet you definitely would want to make on Rasmus Sandin to get like upside in those last the last two years of his. I, deal. I looked at that. I thought that would have been like. I would expect. I and would, then I you would have want two firsts for ammo. If like you could get whoever you want at the trade deadline at that point, or you could move one and you still have a pick mm-hmm. for once in the first round. Like, I don't know. I I think that would be great value if they get something like I, that. I agree. But if, I, I, yeah, I see what you're saying. It, I it, mean, it depends what the alternative is, right? If the alternative yeah, is sure. that we let him sit out, then I'm pissed that we're not getting that. And we didn't like jump the gun on uh, Dallas. Who knows? Maybe Dallas only wanted a right shot defenseman, but I'm sure that makes a difference. Yeah, as well. I'm sure. Also yeah. Like a, the, the caveat, like you, you play Rasmus Sandin, but I mean, is he playing? Is Giordano playing the right side or who's playing the no, right side? No, no. Yeah. Like then Sandin's no, going to have to play right th- his off wing. For sure. And then does that tank his value a little bit? Does that hurt his play a little bit? Like, I don't know. I'm in in times like this where you haven't seen the player play in a a while. Like, you just go back to that that happy time almost where you're like, damn, like this kid is going to be the next offensive defenseman stud. So, what would you want for Sandine then? I don't know. I, I would want him in my lineup. <laughs> okay. say I would want him let's, say, let's say push comes to shove and this ends up being a trade situation. Oh, I was wrong. Max Ellis is signed to an ELC. Sorry to jump topics, yeah. but Max Ellis is on an entry-level deal with the Leafs, not a Marley's deal. Sorry. Go on. Um, so Sandin, what would I want for yeah. I would. So if I were to trade Sandin, I would need... I would, I would want like an expiring roster play, like a solid top four expiring roster player. That's what I want. I'd want a player on like the way back. I don't know if I'd want like a top four D. What do you mean by top four? Like a D. A, a D, D or I, I would prefer a four. But like personally. that's also like you could just get that with a first round. No, I, I get that. Well, whatever ammo. Th- if if you equate both of them, then sure. I mean. Can we get least? like a Mark Stone for so, Razzle Sanding one for one? Oh, what? what the f- what? Oh, yeah. That's what. That's what. That's no, what there's a little bit Branstrom more. had yeah, a lot yeah. more cachet at the time of that trade. He was probably considered one of the five best players to not be in the NHL at that time. Uh, yeah, well, I, also, that, that's not that was, that was that's what was the that's why that trade was, happened. Was, no, I get that. He was playing unreal in the AHL at the time. I'll pull up the numbers right now. He was 23 the year before he was in the SHL. He had 15 points in 44 games that year, which was the two years after his draft year. He had 28 points in 41 AHL games. That sounds similar to Sandin right after his draft year, 28 points in 44 games. No, Sandin was D1, D plus one. He was around that. Was he not? I don't think so. We're playing the 
this is a heavy elite prospects episode. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I, I agree. I'm just Anyways. like you can try to um what what do you call this? Actually, Revisionist history that trade. But Eric Brandstrom no, was I, considered one I, of the I, best yeah. non eighteen nineteen Rasmus Sandin draft plus one year was twenty eight points in forty four games. Yeah, he's I, I I'm not doubting the player yeah. that Rasmus Sandin could be. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not. I'm just telling you that yeah. like, that's what was happening in the brand. Yeah, of course. course. And at the same time, uh, I, I just, I don't know. I feel like a first and a fourth would be a, a, an unrealistic return almost. I was okay. shocked that Nils Lundqvist got that. Fair enough. If we can get more than that, I'd be happy. If we can get about that, then that'd be, I'd be okay with that because mm-hmm. if the alter, again, if the alternative is that he's not playing, then I'd be fine with it. But preferably my top choice doesn't answer your question, but my top choice is having him. In the that's the How reason? does he play? In this roster? Yeah. On the right side. How? I don't know. Who's not <laughs> playing? Justin Hall. Really? Just because I, I can't take I don't I really don't want to watch him make breakout passes or attempt to at least this year. Does some things well. I mean he put up twenty points last year, but I, I agree with you. I'm just trying to puck no, I, 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 I'm trying brutal. to figure this out. Plus they have no but this cap is, space. This so is the how? thing this is also why I was saying that they, I really wanted them to get a roster player for Rasmus Sandin. Look at the Leafs' right side defenseman right now. Other than TJ Brody, it's to start the year. I mean, especially if Timothy Logren's injured to start the year, we're going with second pairing right D is going to be a guy that was scratched for the two, the, our first two playoff games. He was deemed not good enough, and now he's playing top four minutes. Yeah, that, that's that what it looks like. Yeah, that's what it lot. looks. I agree with you. I agree with you. The problem is, like, I agree. I think trade a guy like Sandy if you can get a slightly older defenseman, or I would take a middle six forward with some potential as well. Sure, I would Something take either. That fills a hole. It's not going to fit in your cap situation right now. That's the catch twenty two of this whole scenario. Yeah, and that's yep. kind of what's been the frustrating part all off season for this team is that no matter what you do, no matter what you think about, it's like there's no room to make a move until a move is made. Like, they need to make a move first before they do anything. And from the looks of it, and from the way that the offseason has played out, from the way they seem to be treating uh, the, the camp, the, what, who the guys they've signed, the guys they haven't signed, um, just seems like they're not doing anything. So, I know. So, we'll see. But that is interesting that you bring up the, the Nils Lundqvist value, just to kind of show, I mean, like, Sandin's got to have somewhere close to that value. I, I, yeah. if, I didn't think so until yesterday. Well, but like, why hasn't a team then offer sheeted for him for like two point a, whatever? Because then that's only a second. I don't think teams want to offer sheet. Okay. It's that's like, it that's ruins becoming, relationships. It's sure. becoming very very clear that teams do not want to offer sheet. Yeah. Especially the only team that offer sheeted was Montreal offer sheeting Aho, and that led to even though it bailed them out because I don't think Kotkaniemi was worth that deal. He might be now. Them getting offer sheeted on their own guy, right? Yeah. So maybe the the answer to that question is, we don't want to offer sheet Sandine because we don't want the Leafs to offer sheet Robert. Because if you look at Robert. if you look at the Leafs cap situation next year, they have a ton of expiring deals. Like they could squeeze an offer sheet in for someone next year. Yep. Especially the year after, they have two massive yeah. expiring deals. So. If you offer sheet someone, like you're not going to be able to trade with that team ever no. again. Like, no. remember Brian Burke and. Uh, I forget who the other GM was. The GM of the Oilers yeah. at the time when they offer sheeted for no, 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 it wasn't. It was uh, someone else. McTavish was the coach when they offer sheeted for Penner. 
Yeah, no, I remember. And I like was to Brian Burke and him were about to fight, and they were good friends before that. Brian Burke was going to fight him. It's like it just completely ruins relationships. And then it's like, okay, if you have a if that guy's buddies with another GM, I think it's Kevin Lowe. Yes, it was Kevin Lowe. Yeah, are they going to want to trade with you after and blah blah blah? Right. Yeah, I agree. And like, I don't know if this is a coincidence or not, but didn't. Mark Bergeron get fired like 20 games after that happened? Yeah. Yes. Well, I mean. I don't know if that is related or he, sorry, he resigned. Did he not? Uh, Something along. I don't know. Saving face, but it's kind of, it is. There was an amalgamation of things. I mean, yeah, I'm just drafting saying. the kid that said, don't draft me after he got arrested for sexual assault. How did he look in the. I didn't see him at oh. all. <laughs> just wondering. Uh, I'd rather not talk about Logan Mayo. So, but, um, yeah, Montreal fans were going nuts about Slavkowski, and it was over highlights where it's like, oh, "Hey guys, he didn't he he gave away the puck on that play." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll see. That was kind of funny, but again, I mean, I remember when the Leafs had Matthews Marner, they were just coming into the league. I would, I would stare at videos of practice for hours and hours yes, and hours. That's true. So you gotta let them get excited. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, time. to wrap all this up, we don't know still, unfortunately, but maybe these guys. I just. Even if they go on LTIR, it doesn't sound like they're long-term injuries. So. No, and and honestly, it's just sorry to cut you off there, but just going back to that, it, it it honestly these guys being hurt adds more clarity to the situation for me because it's like I look at this team and it's like okay, there's your seventh defenseman, there's your thirteenth forward that the least love seventh defenseman. Uh, like I'm I'm just putting Victor Mete and Jordy Ben on the team as if Timothy Lillard. Which one is it? It doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't. I'm just talking about specifically for contract purposes. It doesn't matter who the seventh okay, defenseman yeah. is, right? For contract purposes. That, that's that's what I'm talking about in terms right of here. Actual but roster, in the, though. In the context of of the the cap situation, like I can see, it it, mm-hmm. it makes a lot more sense because I think going into the year, I was very confused as to who would be sent down, what would happen with waivers, who would if and again, there's that looming thought of is a trade going to be made, and this just to me confirms that no, probably trade. Well, not well why? That kid just kicks the can to like. What November when yeah. then you do actually have to make the decision. So yeah. you have like six games of of roster but clarity. Then, and then, then by November that. there's going to be injuries. Yeah, injuries are inevitable. Okay. <laughs> so doesn't seem like the most wise way to go about it. No, do, am I am I saying it's the most wise thing to no, go I, about? I'm, it? Just, I'm just I'm giving my point of view of what I see from the the so roster that look I'm looking like at. Doesn't look like Kerfoot's right getting traded. Doesn't look like Holes getting traded. No. Is what you're saying? No. I mean. Honestly, if those guys didn't one, get traded yeah. this offseason as UFAs. They're just not going to get traded. They're not going to get traded. They're going to walk. No. Old takes exposed. Like the, and it's funny because this isn't even one of those situations where it's like, oh, like Bozak, trade him when, when he's a UFA. Like, no, like these guys could be moved out for better, like much more efficient and better contracts yeah. that would help this team out greatly. But then but, also you got to look at like Kerfoot's not going for anything. Yeah. What's coming back the other, like nothing. Oliver Bjorkstrand got traded for a third and a fourth. Yep. Yeah. No, you're right. Like, Too many teams are capped out. Yep. Yep. Especially now. So has Dallas signed their guys? Yeah. Uh, Which y- ones? I thought on they have signed, not. Right? Oh no. Signed. Jason Robertson. Yeah, it's just Robertson. Robertson. What did Ottinger sign for? Like uh, a five bridge. I think, right? Something. I think we we, whatever we guessed, kind of thing. It was like right no. This there. is a big argument. So I, I how did I miss him signing? He signed for three by four. Three. Oh, interesting. Interesting. Been, been grinding football. Interesting. I'd like to. I want to re- re-listen to what we said about that. You said one. around around five four, whatever. Mm, I don't know. I think well, you I guys were a lot higher on on the number. Well, again, no, on long term, pre- predictive is is different than what like 
being predictive is different than what you actually want and what you think a person. I think we were trying to predict. Okay. Specifically. All right. I think I said three by five or whatever for a a bridge, something like that. So it was off by a little bit, but yeah. It's a great contract for them. Yeah, I agree. I wonder what Jason Robertson's going to sign for. Got to be eight million at least. These Ottawa guys are seven and a half or eight. The Cairo just went. Kyrie he's better than a, almost every Su- single what guy. What about who's, Suzuki? Even? <laughs> well, he's more productive. Let's say that. He's more productive than every single guy who's signed so far. That's true. That is very true. So, yeah. I I don't know. They're gonna Let's see. They have $6.335 million of cap space right now. I do not think that will be enough. No. He's worth more than that. He'd be bananas to to just take 633 or whatever. That'd be a one-year deal. But even then, that's not a, that's not... He's worth more than that. Yeah. So that, that'll that be something to, uh, to watch to monitor out for. for sure. Yeah. So I think we've we've spelled out what the injury situation is going to look like. I think we spelled out what uh, implications this has on the team as well. Uh, in terms of camp, the main camp, who do you have your eye on going into that one? Uh, number one is Nick Robertson. Mm-hmm. Obviously, of course, that's a no brain. We'll skip him though. How much stock we put it into the goalies? Uh, preseason action. Are we putting any stock into that or we're just waiting to the reg- regular season? For I that think one? there's a couple like technical things that I'm going to be looking for. But in terms of actual play and h- how many goals they let in kind of thing, none. Simply because you always got to look back. Eddie Belfour, when he first signed with the Leafs, he was booed off the ice in preseason. And That's what did he great. do? He had a two-year stretch with the Leafs where he was awesome. He was their entire defense. And guess what? He won them a playoff round. That's nice. <laughs> booed uh, off the ice. I, I think so. Okay, so we'll look for some technical things. I think the biggest battle is turning out to be maybe even the sixth defenseman spot now. Yes, If it Timothy is. Lilligren's injured, it's not – you know, they at least have two guys in Jordy Ben and Victor Mete who they might both be on the roster to start the year. Yeah. So and they're both polar opposite defensemen. Yeah, I agree. It's kind of funny. It's like, who do you I, I, I don't think it's a who would you rather have? They're they're going to like the Leafs have a back to back to start the year. We're going to see yeah. one in one game. Yeah, that's a good point. And then we're going to see Victor Mete in the Ottawa game. Jordy Ben's a former half, actually. So yeah. that'll be. So if, if Timothy Lilgren's out and Sandine doesn't sign, then oh wait, Victor Mete's a former Hab and Senator. Yep. Wow. So I wonder which one they would put him in. Yeah. So that's interesting to see what one of these like see how those two guys play in the preseason for yep. sure. There's not that many like roster battles really. Like, yeah. Well, the one I'm looking at is if Kyle Clifford is able to play his way off the team. Hopefully. Um, oh, but what do you mean hopefully? Well, I just don't want him to be on the on. We got two more years has left. He on played, Kyle has he played his way onto the team? At well, any he was. Point? He oh, started he the first, first game playoff the game in the NA, in, 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 in. Sorry, he started yeah, the first know. playoff game. So, that's yeah, that's because they had like Pat Maroon. They're like, yeah, go out there and fight Pat Maroon, and instead he hit Ross Colton from behind. It's like ah, well. Yeah, so he played in the. Yeah, I guess that makes sense. Play him in the most insignificant game, and then that was it. Because yeah. <laughs> he didn't play any any significant elimination or anything like that. Yeah, so. well, no, because. So, yeah. They j- they looked at it and they went, well, this went horribly. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. Hopefully well, they learn from their mistakes. But yeah, uh, other guys I'm looking at is basically just that bottom six, like, bo- like fourth line role. Like, is like what's Abe Kubel gonna look like? Like, is 
a guy like maybe Joey Anderson going to step up? Is a guy like Anderson will be someone to watch? Correct. Um, I guess Alex Steves, who we talked yes. about on the pro- Dennis Malgin as well. Zach Aston Zach Aston Reese. Dennis Malgin, he'll be there. Yeah, they're, they're going to be there. <laughs> These are guys that are going to be there, and that's what we're going to be. Looking he'll he'll for. Like, be there. He'll he'll be, be on there. the ice. And it's it's honestly not even going to be a thing of like who's going to perform the best. It's just like whoever's going to perform. The I can fully see Dennis Malgin putting up a ton of preseason oh, yeah, points for sure. Well, last year, to be fair. Michael Bunting, we had a pr- pretty decent read that he was a good player. But if you remember, his preseason was unbelievable. He had a hat trick. That led to him starting on the fourth, the fourth line. line, but still. like, Yep. But they, but we knew there was something there. So maybe yeah. who's this year's Michael Bunting? I don't think it exists, but. I forgot last year he, he went 18 games without a goal. Still finished with 20-some-odd goals. Mm-hmm. Not bad, huh? Unbelievable. Good player. Unbelievable. Not a bad Stud not though. a bad player. Should have won the call there, right, Jason? Hell oh yeah. yeah. For sure. Hell yeah. Change the rules then um, if you don't want that. I do know I believe uh Mikhaila Bramov is not participating in camp. He is injured, unfortunately. He's a guy I'm hoping to take a big step with the Marlies this year. He's a center. He's pretty skilled center, I would say. Um he was a fourth round pick a few years ago. And then there's a few other injuries as well, I believe. Kressler, I think is his name. Uh, he's a lower end. He's a Brady scientist. K- Kressler. Yes, he's injured as well. I believe he wasn't at the prospect tournament. Um, and then, yeah, obviously the goalies are going to be interesting to watch. Yep. Um, in terms of like other guys, Jason, I think you mentioned those guys, the defensemen too, that battled between Jordy Ben. Nicky Robb, I think. He's- Nicky Robb, 100% will be someone to keep a close, close eye on. Um, we are going to get a look at Fraser Minton. I wouldn't put too much stock in it. I'm just going to let you know mm-hmm. ahead of time because he is young. He's a, he's a young player. Uh, no Matthew Nyes, though, correct? No, no, no Matthew Nyes. Zach Aston Reese, obviously, on a PTO. I, I wonder if they extend the another yeah. PTO to anyone there. Yeah. Uh, we'll see. We'll see, like a last-minute little addition there, especially with those injuries, right? So we'll see there. Um but that's uh that's pretty much it. I think we got to see, wait and see. But oh, again, Cali Yarncrook. See how to, how he looks in yeah. a Leafs uniform. What what lines he's playing on? Who he's playing with? I think he's like a very interesting piece in the yeah, sense the that lines he, are a good, good point. He, he could play on the second line with yeah. JT and Nylander. Maybe Nylander's so that off. That is the, a very good point the because line. they they do test out lines. Yeah, they mm-hmm. do test out lines and they do give out like little hints of what. Yeah, they show their hands like like. Mitch Marner and Nick Ritchie played a ton together yeah, last preseason, if you remember. Like, I, I think that's a great point, Jason, because we're not necessarily looking. You know, he signed for four years, so if he looks bad in the preseason, we have way bigger issues. But yeah. it's more about who's Where, is Yarncroft playing center, yes, or is he playing wing? That'll be the first tell. We'll know snap like that very quickly, probably by it, tomorrow. We'll know. Yeah, yeah, they'll be doing line rushes. I so, believe camp opens tomorrow. Right? Exactly. So we'll see. Oh, it's kind of exciting. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, they got me. They dragged me back. No. <laughs> oh, yeah. But, um, yeah, that'll be very I just had a, I'm sorry. I had a crazy dopamine rush when you said line rushes. <laughs> like, just thinking about oh, <laughs> We're back. We're so back. Let's go. I remember one year I was so, so like, horned up for the preseason. I watched the Bruins and Flames game that was in China at 2 a.m. That's wild. <laughs> I'm not as excited as you guys to watch the preseason right now, but. I'm sure game one, there will be a little excitement. Some fireworks. A little animosity. I believe Sabrin's still on the, the Senators, right? So, And I mentioned that name simply because he's kind of nuts. Wasn't he? 
on the Leafs? Too? He was on the Leafs one year. Did he get, play a, a game? He for played this? a game and he fought Milan Lucic. He also ran over Caden Primo one game and got suspended. He's uh, he he's a little bit nuts and he would definitely will try to fight someone out there. So there's one guy to watch out for the little double, the double game, two games in one day. Like I can't watch both. I can watch one of them, but it's uh, it's fun. I really like that. That is fun. So nice way to to ease us back into into the season. Yeah, and we're if back. those oh. those looking for more insight i guess on the games the least this saturday have a game one o'clock seven o'clock like you said that double header mm-hmm. saturday it's september 24th one o'clock seven o'clock they'll probably split up what they usually do is put line one three on i one wonder game, if matthews is gonna play and like yeah i don't yeah, think those I, guys I could see those guys play. yeah I but really usually that's what they do those like one and three two and four not all of them but some of them will probably play so i remember there was one year it was 2017 18 season the Leafs, like, they would the the Leafs and Senators, they would kind of, teams would kind of trade putting like a good lineup up out against the the other team's bad lineup. I don't know why, but the Leafs put out like a, a pretty bad lineup up against like, the Senators' regular lineup, and the Leafs ended up winning. <laughs> it was like Colin Greening was the best player on the Leafs. <laughs> it was uh, it's kind of funny to see, but uh, again, it's preseason. It means yeah. absolutely nothing. Yeah, yeah. So. But yeah, you can always make a name for yourself. I mean, last year Michael Amaggio made it out of camp, if you remember. Yep, that's true. Was he expected to to make it? Not really. Nope. And then he ended up on Vegas and yep. signed an extension with them too. So it's not that it means nothing, but you know, take it with a grain of salt. Yeah, I suppose that's a good way to put it. Is a good way to put it. Yeah, hell yeah, it is. All right. Um, we do have uh, some more news here. Uh, Nathan McKinnon signed a mega deal. What was the exact terms of the contract? Eight years, 100. 12.6 million. 12.6 million. 100K more than McDavid, making him the highest paid player in the league. Why does this relate to the Leafs? Well, the Leafs have a, a superstar that's coming up on his contract ending in two seasons. So this season and then next season he is signed for. After that, he is an unrestricted free agent. Yeah. What do you expect based on this, for Austin Matthews to sign for. So quickly, just a quick thing before before this McKinnon contract kicks in, he's still signed this year under his previous mm-hmm. deal. So this deal was signed a year in advance, which you're allowed to do with, with unrestricted free agents. And, of course, restricted free agents, you can sign them the year before their contract expires, up until 365 days before then. Mm-hmm. So, of course, that is important, like you said, because Austin Matthews is two years left. So after the end of this year, it'll be 365 days until his contract expires, and then we can... Give him the extension. So um, McKinnon signed 12.6% of the cap. Or sorry, excuse me, 15.27% of the cap. That's the number that we're looking at right now. When nice, Ma- nice hometown discount, Nate. <laughs> yeah, when Matthew that signed. That is a hometown discount. It, it is. Uh, wow. I, I think it 100%. was. 100%. I think it was make me the highest paid player in the NHL. By 100K. And then that's yeah. it. That's a, like, for me, this is the best news of the lease offseason, personally. Yep. If this contract was 13, 13 and a half, which is not that crazy to think about. It's really not. The Leafs would be in big trouble. The fact that it's like essentially McDavid's contract is really, really good news for the Leafs. Absolutely. And and also an important part about the Leafs. McDavid's contract that he signed in restricted free agency. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's even bigger. Because the the one that Austin Matthews signed out of restricted free agency, he only we only got five years out of him. That was a big mistake. Mm-hmm. We should have gotten the eight, but here we are. Um, Damn Kyle Dubas for not predicting COVID. <laughs> well, but I, I don't think you need like the term. 
I, I disagree with that personally. Like that's that was just a mistake to only sign for five years. Like the other option was Bridge. No, the other op- why why wasn't eight years an option if McDavid signed for eight years? If McKinnon signed the for eight year years, eight year deal was going. It was because they expected to, the cap to go up like crazy after the ESPN deal was to kick in. But there was no news of an ESPN deal in 2017, 18. It could have been anyone. It, it could I have swear been. it was. No, the ESPN deal was announced like Marner a year signed ago. like the next off uh, not the next but that off season. That they announced the ESPN NHL contract? It was, they, they announced that the, the contract was coming up and it was But that's always that, known. Like that never changed. Yeah, it, so. it was expected that the cap was supposed to rise by a lot. But again, that's expected for McDavid's contract too. What was the difference? When did McDavid sign versus him? Again, they know when a TV deal ends when it starts. So we mm-hmm. know that the NHL's current TV deal ends in a specific year as well. David signed 2017. July 5th, 2017. And when did Austin Matthews 2019. Sign? 2019. Yeah, okay. So um, it's two summers. But what, how, how does that make any difference in terms of the term that you're signing a player for? No, you should, you should get increased term. I understand what you're saying. Yes. Like but I swear it was during the time, it, like, just the trend that the restrictive free agents were signing. I don't know. I, I'm not on board with that one, but. No? no. All right. N- never. And I, don't, and I think a lot of people tried to argue that at the time, but it was a lot of honeymoon phase for the Leafs as well. I remember many people t- saying, making that point that the five years is not ideal. Yeah. Yeah. You, you, sh- you should have gotten eight years. Simple as that. But, again, it's... It, it doesn't matter about what didn't happen. Let's let's try and like look forward and figure out what's going to happen. So, mm-hmm. like McDavid's McDavid's deal was sixteen point six seven percent of the cap when it was signed. So it's actually important to note that even though number wise, uh, dollar wise, uh, McKinnon is making more than McDavid, his contract is technically smaller than what uh, McDavid signed his contract at. So I think that's pretty good news for us because it. it sets like a little cap hit percentage range in which Austin Matthews should fall in between. Obviously I think he's going to be, he should be paid more than like, he should be paid the max realistically. Like we're, we're probably never going to see that in the NHL, just the way that it's no. structured. Yeah. But um, all these guys I think deserve the max. Yeah. But so I, I think it's fair to say that the range of like 16.67% of the cap to around like 15, 16 to 15 is the range that we want to be in. So depending on how much the cap goes up, that's going to be, what we should be looking at for Austin Matthews to get. And that's great news. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it is really good news. Yeah. So um, do you guys have any other points on that that you want to touch on? Because there's something else that coincides with this that I think is important to bring up. I think you've got to offer him to start like 13 by 8. That's yeah. a, like a pretty no-brainer offer. See what he counters with and go from there. Like, I think that's a great idea. I think yeah, I'd go just under 13 kind of thing. It also yeah. depends how much Highs. the cap goes up this summer because that yeah that also yeah. that that's kind of what every all the Similar salaries are are weighted. Yeah, I think thirteen is probably a number to look at though. Yeah, about that, which right. is actually cheap. Like, really, it is really cheap. Yeah, like these guys should all make way more. Just like, go again. Look. Like it's funny we're talking about cap hit percentage. You think he looked at that? No, of course not. Because the like the fact that the contract's twelve point six million would indicate that they literally just said give me give the me, most uh, the most in the league, which is funny, but it's not that crazy to think that yeah. players th- think like that I, I agree but i think it's important to contextualize that because connor mcdavid signing his like because when connor mcdavid signed his deal it was a lot that amount is a lot bigger towards the cap for gms on the management side than yeah. it is for players players don't care about that stuff obviously so uh and they shouldn't they really shouldn't no, it's yeah, not their job they shouldn't. you're right so 
Um, but I think contextualizing it as a fan and someone who's like, if you're interested in these sorts of things, I think it's important to learn about and understand it. Um, yeah. But if there's no more Matthews numbers that we want to get into, I think there's an important point that hasn't really brought up and doesn't seem like people are bringing it up. And we touched on it earlier in the year. This is la- this is actually Kyle Dubas's last. So that is actually being talked about a lot right now. No, that that's being talked about yeah, a lot. Yeah. But connecting it back to Austin Matthews is not being talked about a lot because yeah. I think it's going to be very important that you have someone who it's so Kyle Dubas's contract is expired at the end of this year. Yeah. If hypothetically he is not resigned, it's going to be a tumultuous journey for this new GM to come in and instantly sign Austin Matthews. That's going to be his first goal. There's already, I'm such a paranoid Leafs fan. I'm worried about that happening. So what do you guys think? How do you guys think that this? Dubis I think it could be like if Kyle like, Dubas is not renewed, it's because the team failed. A hundred percent. Plain and simple. Like, yeah, no, no, you're, you're it's, de- it's, it's MLSE. This is not, uh, you know, we're not on a budget over here. No, I, I Do you see the number of lease jerseys they sell a year. We're not on a budget over here. If Kyle Dubas is not back next year, it's because they either didn't make the playoffs or lost in the first round of the playoffs. Yeah, like yes. Kyle Dubas so, has like milked the cow yeah. for all it's worth. 100%. So in terms of if Austin Matthews has to deal with a new GM, wouldn't that be kind of a relief though? Like imagine they lose in the first Ooh. round or they don't make the playoffs, and they renew Dubis's contract. Of course. He'd be gone. Yes. So so to have a new face in there after, like, a devastation, the guy lays out the plan, he gives him the, the blank check, couldn't that be a, a positive? Yes. I'm going to yes but you here. Yes but. Let's say those st- that stuff does happen. That would mean that we either we missed the playoffs or we, we failed in the first round again. Oh, well, I don't if, think it's even first round. I think if they don't make a significant playoff run, there's yep. going to be changes. If they like, get their asses kicked in the second round. Then that's, yeah. Yeah. So if they don't make the but playoffs, again, he won't even make la- it to the end of the year. Like, here's the thing. Year. The scenarios in which Kyle Dubas get fired, does that not make you worried about Austin Matthews' future with this team? I'm worried right now. about. I'm, I if agree. I'm Austin Matthews, having my nice, fun summer in Arizona, playing a lot of golf, enjoying my time, and I see my goalies are Matt Murray and Ilya Samsonov, what rush am I in to sign a new contract? You're not. No, no rush at all. Like, that's... The only like the, the good thing is that it seems like he likes his teammates a lot. Yep. Seems like he likes to play in Toronto, big city. So those are good things going for us. Things going against us are this team has arguably gotten worse year over year, which is not a good thing. And again, like you said, the un- instability at the GM position, maybe that is a concern for him. Who knows? I don't know the answer to that. He might not even care. But the only thing I will disagree with with you it is a lot to put on a new GM's plate, but it's not that hard of a thing to do. They're yeah. not they're not bringing up another Wonder Boy and being like, well, also they're, they're just signing him. Like, yeah, if uh, you don't sign him, that guy's not be, that guy's fired the next day. Like, no, no a hundred percent. But my my more my point was it's going to be really hard to get that deal done because the scenarios that would lead to Kyle Dubas being fired would mean that like the Leafs didn't do well and like that would Austin Matthews would make. After a season like that, maybe Austin Matthews is less inclined to, to sign right. early. Yeah, maybe knows. he wants to play out the year. And then that whole puts up a, a ton of other scenarios in place. Like, Austin Matthews is pretty chill. Like, he invited Marner and Bunting down to Arizona to train and play yeah. golf and tennis and whatever. Like, he's a pretty laid-back guy. If that was, like, McDavid doing that with two years left on his contract, I would, like, theorize that, yeah, he's bringing them down there to make sure that all of their contracts end at the same time. So then they can all go sign with a new team to build a super team in Columbus, <laughs> build another. <laughs> yeah. But I don't, I don't think he was, he was doing that down there. 
No, I don't think so. Uh, yeah, we'll see what happens. I mean, the the expiring nature of the general manager's contract is, I think, it's correct. Like, mm-hmm. ha- letting that expire or seeing what happens, I don't think there's any reason to extend him right now. I really don't. Yeah. I mean, he hasn't given – like, give us a reason to extend like him. If, if, I know? wouldn't be surprised if they extend Dubis, let him do the – Matthews negotiation. If Matthews walks, then they fire him the next. That would be literally worth not being a fan of the team anymore. If they did that, like that's how egregious that decision would be. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that, that's crazy. If, if the Leafs let Austin Matthews walk in any, and it was any way in their control, then you're just, you might as well just fold the franchise. I'd argue that it's in their control right now. If he walks or not, it's what the moves they make now, which will affect the future. Possibly. That's that's Absolutely. like that's what made that got me on this rabbit hole of Austin Matthews contract connected to Kyle Dubas contract in my head. I I, I, yeah, I see. I see what you're saying for sure. I don't. Yeah, I don't know. I, it's just something to think about. It, no, like, it's yeah. definitely worth definitely worth bringing up. I think so. I don't understand the signing bonus structure on McKinnon. I was looking at that, too. 26, 27. It's a lower signing bonus. Well, than 25, high. 26. It goes from 15 to five. To three million dollars in twenty six twenty seven, and then back up to eight point nine one in twenty seven twenty eight. Who knows? Literally, who knows? It's pro- it probably has something to do with like the cap and the, the cap and the, the cash cash or or potential. Uh, that might just be the one year that like could potentially be a lockout. Is it where you maybe. would you where you wouldn't well, get your signing bonus? It's Cronky Entertainment. Maybe it has something. No, but to the lockout you would get your signing bonus, not your your, your base base, right? Yeah. Yeah. Maybe it has something to do with like Russell Wilson. Maybe, <laughs> maybe it does. <laughs> does it come out? This, is that at the same time? That'd be hilarious. Maybe that's team. Insurance I think it might. I actually, I think they have unlimited money though. Yeah, that's. Like, uh, anyway, so, but no, no one has unlimited. No, sports, maybe yeah. he wants to buy another soccer team. Who knows? Yeah, and ruin. Uh, maybe he wants to buy another Super League. Maybe that's when the Super League payment comes up or something. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Um, right. Yeah, I thought that was really good news. The McKinnon signing for yeah. me personally. Yeah. Yep. Kind of puts a number to what Matthews would want because I, I was thinking like 15. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. Like it wouldn't be like impossible for him to get that dollar amount. Like if you wanted to, he'd get it. Like, like I think Connor McDavid, if he got the open market, someone might actually give him a max contract. A hundred percent. Why wouldn't you? Yeah. Best he player. Could, so yeah, he, is, he could play with like scarecrows. Yeah. yeah. But I, th- I think Matthews likes playing in Toronto. So hopefully instead yeah. McDavid's playing with uh, convicts. So. <laughs> All right. <laughs> yep. So do you think they extend cuz they extended Sheldon Keefe, right? That's like the coach thing where you yeah, extend your to. coach. Which they, I don't really get, but that's to. fine. Cuz like where's the leverage for, like for the Dubis in this situation? If he's like, "Well, I I'm not I'm going to leave if you don't extend me." Like, "Okay, leave, bro. You got the best job in, in the whole <laughs> league." Like, yeah. what? Where are you that would be go? quite dumb on his part to leave. So, <laughs> he has no leverage. But yeah, with the Where coach thing, you have before. to. With the coach thing, I don't know. It's like, uh, even I, though Barry Trotz won a, a Stanley Cup, I know. On, on but I, I heard from a coach. He was saying like, you can't coach on with only one year remaining on your deal, like in the expire expiration yeah. year of your deal. Like you're a sitting duck kind right. of thing. Makes you an easy target. Yeah. So, but yeah. anyways, um, on to some more serious news. Yes. Yeah. So the Toronto Maple Leafs. As was announced a few uh, a year ago, I want to say the, the NHL was going to introduce sponsored jersey patches. 
The Montreal Canadiens announced that RBC was going to be on theirs. It's kind of funny. The color scheme doesn't match, so it's very, very noticeable. The Toronto Maple Leafs announced today that their sponsor was going to be Milk. The, Ontar- the Dairy Farmers of Ontario, to be more specific. Yes, and the logo is just Milk on it. It fits the colors very well. They got a blue one for the white jersey, a white one for the blue jersey, but there will be Milk on the jersey it has a lot of people up in arms. A lot of people were like, this is disgusting. This is corporate greed. How could they do this? They ruined the sanctity of the jersey. I wanted to get your guys' opinion on the sponsor patch being on the lo- on the jersey. Can I ask a question first? Yes. Cool. If I go to the Air Canada, okay, Scotiabank Arena, and want to buy a jersey, will it say milk on it? I don't think so. Then I don't care. Like if I, I want to have it, with I the want milk it with. The milk. I don't want it with. Milk. I want it with the milk. Can I? Sorry, you were gonna say. Something. You want it with the milk. I want it, Mister Anti Milk over here. Mister Anti Big Milk is poisoning our brains. I never said milk was poisoning our brains. Just look it up. But anyways, uh, I I would. <laughs> All right. I wouldn't mind. Uh, I wouldn't mind the jersey. I think it's a, a a cool addition to those who are up in arms. Sorry if I, I jumped you, but to those who are up in arms about it, if you like this team. Uh, and if you want the Leafs to succeed for however long you live, you want as much money pumped into this league as possible so we can get rid of the salary oh, cap yeah. and abuse a luxury tax Last system. time I checked, this wasn't a socialist league. Exactly. And <laughs> so... <laughs> luxury tax? Like, if, if we ever get to it... That would be nice. If there's a luxury tax, this j- only benefits the Leafs. This takes us one step closer to the league, making more money, making them more open to do things like that, where it's not the... Basically, the Leafs carrying the bottom five teams in revenue. They should just make the Coyotes' entire jersey sponsorships to make up for everything else. Or they should, or they should just make the Leafs their sponsor because that's what it is at the <laughs> NHL. Like the NHL level, it it's is true. But yeah, like it. I get that some people don't like it and and don't want to see it. It maybe ruins the tradition of it. But man, like what tradition I, of I the jersey know. though? I don't know. I, Look I, at the jersey just, from right now. Yeah. Is it the same jersey from 10 years ago? No. Is it the same jersey from 10 years before that? They change the jersey every single year. Why? To sell more jerseys, to pump more money into this team. This is a business at the end of the game. Do you want to know how season tickets and boxes work in at uh, Scotiabank Arena? It's not, hey, loyal fans, come line up and buy a ticket to your Toronto Maple Leafs. No, 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 no. There's a lot more money and a lot more. Fi- like, what's the, the wait line, the waiting list for Leafs season not tickets? Not long anymore. Oh, really? Nope. Wow. I did not know that. They give, they're they giving tickets away on the radio now. They always were. Not, I don't know. They always have been. TSN 1050 always has been. Uh, they also, you can watch the Coyotes game for 80 bucks right now on Ticketmaster. The Coyotes game, the Leafs in the first Coyotes? week, the Leafs versus Coyotes. You can watch the go to the game for eighty dollars a ticket. Okay, but he's included everything. But is that like the season ticket? No, but list? you can get season tickets. They're available. A hundred percent. I thought the wait list was really really long. People are trying to get rid of their season tickets. Mm. A little atrophy. Oh yeah, it, it was it was not easy to sell. If you had tickets last year, it was not easy to sell tickets at all. Maybe that some of that was COVID. They changed. Didn't well, they change the process too? You can't advertise on Kijiji. Yeah, that that made a big difference. But also, like, there was just not that demand for Leafs tickets this year that it has been in the past, and it's going to f- keep fading. There is a le- a level of apathy towards this team for sure. Apathy. What's atrophy mean? 
I don't know. I only know about apathy because I was a USC Atrophy is like when you don't use a muscle enough, and then it's just like it's weak. It becomes weak over time. Oh, yeah. George Costanza got atrophy. I got atrophy in my hand. uh, Yeah. Well, you broke... Because you broke your wrist. Correct. Not because you're a blog boy. (laughs) But... Yes. Okay. So that makes sense. I did so, not know that about the least season. Well, tickets, so uh, you, c- if you want new season tickets, which never come up, y- it, there's a wait list. If you go to the license hub at MLSE where you can resell your own license or buy a license from so- off of someone who already owns it, mm-hmm. then you can do that very easily. Actually. Wow. Okay. So. Like I'm on premium seat licensing list listings right now. You guys are looking. There's n- there's quite a few available. That's just the. Like all okay. these are, are available for then that's you own the seat. Those are season tickets. You get the license, you get the seat. So I did not know it did not u- used to be like that. Even like in times when they completely sucked. I know, but I think this is almost worse now because well, it's been five years in a row of and COVID and there's a, a lot of things contributing to that. I think, Inflation. but they have, al- they've also really in the past, what I've heard from people I know who have season tickets is, when people wanted to upgrade their leaf season tickets, it was hard to do. Like it was really hard to do. Right. Cause people wanted those. Now it's, they're asking you if you want to upgrade, but you want to pay more and get better Ooh. seats. And I don't think a lot of people are that interested in that at this moment. Interesting. It's kind of funny that like at a time when they were doing that at a time when like the, the first line center was Tyler Bozak, 50 yeah. point center. I know. It's and now like the team is so much better. We're not, scratching and clawing to make the playoffs like but i think that gives more interest to regular season games right mm-hmm. yeah when you're scratching now nobody gives a the yeah. amount of i don't give a flying f about the regular season that i'm hearing right now it's, it's basically every single even Just, the people on the radio are like dreading to talk yeah all i hear like it's not a bad thing on overdrive i'm listening pierre lebron great interview as usual and it's like yeah at the end of the day we talk about this and it's just going to come down to two weeks in, in april and then Pierre LeBron's like, yeah, man, we got a lot of games to get there. Yeah. That's, I think, a Do you think overwhelming last sentiment. year that was less of the sentiment during the regular season? A, because of Austin Matthews' storyline, and B, because they started so poorly? Well, that was also the first full season with yeah. fans, and COVID was done, and there mm-hmm. was things to look forward to because of the state that the world was in in the previous year and a half, right? I think that, for me at least, was, a, oh, wow, there's fans. That's awesome. Like, I'm excited. To start the beginning of the season last year, though, everyone's, everyone was saying the same thing as this year, though. I know, but that, like I'm saying is there were some things to look forward to, though, in okay. terms of, like, I can go to a game now. Like, that, like I went to – I remember buying tickets for a, an early game. A bunch of us went to one game. I think it was a Sharks game in the first yeah, week. Like They lost. They lost. And people wanted to trade Mitch Marner or put him on waivers, actually. Yeah. Um, Michael Hutchinson. Yeah, but those things contributed, I think. Now it's like, well hmm. – even like no offense, Austin Matthews like, I, I goal scoring like it's it's gonna happen, but who cares? Yeah. Like, yeah. I think well, that's what people are saying. I care. I like the Leafs. I watch every game. Yeah. Before but, he was only he never hit fifty. This year, or, sorry, he, he hit, never hit fifty. Correct. Yeah. And now he hit sixty. Yeah. So, but yeah, uh, sorry, we got off track. But in terms of the milk thing, I get your side, but I also do understand people who are saying like. I don't care about that. It's for money. Like they're capitalist, greedy people. And 
they shouldn't be putting sponsorships on my sacred jersey. That's you, like another side. Of if it. you're worried about capitalism, why are you watching? sports? Well, you know that's the thing. I'm like, just saying. I'm like, why are you watching a, sports? I'm making this a political discussion. <laughs> I'm just so saying. For me personally, I do not want milk on my Leafs jersey. I like my Leafs jersey. I like my Leafs jerseys in the past without sponsors. Don't, I would prefer to buy one without milk on it. Don't cry over spilt milk. <laughs> that was good. Give me that. <laughs> I got to shake. That. I haven't heard that one today. But <laughs> so that was I don't know. I feel like that a lot of people would agree with me there. Like you could have it on the ice. I don't give a crap to put whatever you want. Yeah. So on, yeah. if I buy a jersey, I don't want it to say milk. Fair enough. It's funny because we're both in the opposite camp that we want it. But I'm sure I'm sure you'll have the option to have it or not. I so. do think there's people some- bought jerseys and it said Clarkson on the back. <laughs> like, yeah, you. He- I did not. <laughs> Here's the thing I care about the most, though. This is an inevitability. I'm just happy that it looks good. Like the RBC logo on, like you said, on the Montreal yeah. does not look good. It looks like Martin Brodeur designed dude, that. It's like, milk, okay, but it's though. RBC. It's milk. This is milk. No, I it's get. milk. Like the le- this is a laughing stock moment. If you're not <laughs> yeah, this this How? kind of is. It's dude. It's milk. What? Why Pete, are you guys so anti milk all of a sudden? Go to. You know what the best one is, by the way. Go to Pete Blackburn's Twitter. He's been tweeting about it all day. Do you guys know what milk the best milk spoils the, in the summer? Oh he, he needs some milk. That meme. Um, uh, it's funny that Pete Blackburn is actually like going, "Oh, the Leafs are sponsored by milk." It's like, dude, you're you're five foot four. Maybe you should have drank a little bit milk. More <laughs> milk Jeez, when you were that younger. was not nice. Why you gave him a massive ricochet shot there? But for me, not to get off. Like for example, the Vegas Golden Knights, New Jersey says Circa Sports in it. Circus Sports is like the best sports book in Vegas. Yeah. It's a silver logo. It matches their jersey. I would get a jersey that said Circus Sports in Las Vegas. I think that is a seamless partnership. Like, that makes a lot of sense to me. I see. What? Milk. It seems like a meme. It's a meme. It's milk. Like Guys, okay, would you rather, if it said the Dairy Farmers of Ontario, would that make you feel better? No. Well, that, uh, no. No, but that doesn't mean, it doesn't make me feel better about being milk. Like, well, it's, I don't it's know. I think it's, funny. I think it's important. The Dairy Farmers of Ontario are like a, are a big representation of, what, of Canada, of what we export as a whole. So... Farmers it's, feed, feed it's good. our country. Exactly. It's good to off-balance the TikTok. But what would be a with, seamless, would be a seamless <laughs> no. sponsorship for you? I'm, I'm trying to I'm A trying seamless to think. Like, display of capitalism example, on the For jersey. example, like Air Canada on a Raptors jersey. Like, wow, that is like. That looks good. That would be unreal. Like, what, are, what has a blue logo, though? Blue and white logo. Air Transit? Uh, <laughs> oh, no, don't. Uh. There's so many blue and reds, but you don't like, want I, like, I don't know. Isn't the TFC logo like, it's like, what about BMO? Ford? What about Ford right on the Ford is Ford performance. I don't, okay. That doesn't matter. You don't need a Canadian matter. sponsor. We need a good old the Canadian sponsor room, on the front. The practice of arena is the, the Ford, Ford performance, performance center. I think the Ford so. would look like crap on a jersey. It's silver. Ford. It's like, that look weird. It's white. Built it's literally Ford, blue and white. Ford tough. Built Ford like. tough. That reminds yeah. me of Ty Domi hearing that. Yeah. What about BMW? I think people will get confused though and be like, "Isn't that your Premier?" Well, I'm just actually that wouldn't make sense because more people know Ford than Premier Ford. But yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I just I don't I don't love it totally, but it is what it is. I don't care about it on the jersey in like on the ice, but I it swear I swear there ability. would be some irony if the Leafs win their first Stanley Cup in seventy million years, and it's just the shot of. John Tavares holding the cup, and you just see milk right on the. What a, what a great ad for the for milk. It's funny, like that's like a sports moment though. Milk is so heavily involved in sports advertising, like yeah, you, like Joe said before. Like those whole got milk campaigns. Like, come on, 
Did you not grow up on them? I do think there is some, like, you guys are kind of dismissing, like, the tradition of sports. Like, Yankee jerseys don't have names on them, dude. Not even sponsors. They don't have names on the back of their jersey. Like, there's some tra- like there's some traditions like okay. that, right? USC football has had the same two jerseys forever. No names. Mm-hmm. Like, there's tradition behind that. So. There is. I mean, but then you look at soccer. I agree. Soccer is the uh, complete opposite. Complete opposite. I think uh, former Leafs goaltender, I was looking this up because there was the discussion I had on Instagram with the followers about um, sponsorships on the pads. And I saw one. It was Head & Shoulders sponsored the national team's pads. And Michael Telquist, former Leafs goaltender, proud Swede, was not happy about this. He said, I don't care what the hell you put on the club jersey. You can put all the sponsorships you want. He said, the national jersey, that's something sacred. That's something that, like, like that's our nationality. That's our identity. You, like, and you're putting a sponsorship on that. Like, that's, that's, kind of a, that's kind of disrespectful. And I, agree, I agreed with that. Like, it's a club jersey. It's a business. Like, the national yeah. team jersey, I mean... Hockey Canada has been completely tarnished, so I would almost rather a sponsorship over that at this moment. But like, I don't know, like the Italian national team jersey, like I wouldn't want. Yeah, but some people look at the Leafs jersey that way. That's what I'm trying to say, right? The why? What do you? Oh, come on, it, it's a legendary. Well, apparently, according to Twitter polls, it's like 20th best best jersey in the league, which is just crazy. Yeah, because people hate the Leafs. It's a top five guaranteed. It's like the Cowboys. Like everyone's just kind of jealous of how much money and how the, the rich history and how good they are. Yeah, one and one, baby. Cooper Rush. Oh yeah. You didn't even make the Cooper power ranking polls this Neither week. Neither did he. Yeah, there's too many good Coopers. Amari. Amari. Cooper Rush. Rush and Cup. Cooper Cup. What about Farrell? No. Cooper no. Farrell. Farrell Cooper. Farrell Cooper. He's still in the league. Uh, there was one other Cooper he didn't play though. Anyways, I think we're just we're floundering. I think yeah. that's. I think we hit all the notes though. Oh, we'll yeah. see what we happens did. preseason, and we did. We'll, we'll, Let's we'll throw out that poll. Do you mind sponsorship on the jersey? Sure. I'm Why curious not? to see. I think it's very, very split from what I've. Oh seen. Yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah. Also, do you want to say? Would you, if you were to buy a Leafs jersey, would you want a milk sponsor yeah, on it yeah. or no sponsor? That's that's the poll. That's the do. poll. That's because then people put your money where your mouth is. Yeah. Oh. Okay. All right. We'll throw that one out there. Anyways, camp this Saturday. Uh, Can't wait. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Go, Lisco.